So the first thing that I want you to do is if you, if you, if you really, really want to take this serious, you got to record yourself. And I want you to think about 10 recordings, okay? And I want you to record yourself and then watch that recording with no audio. Just watch what you look like and see, would you be engaged still? Could you tell the emotions that you're feeling? Look beyond hand gestures, facial expressions, everything. But look at, without hearing anything, what do you see? Because we know that everything that we see, light travels faster than sound, so we're communicating a lot more that way than we do with uh, our words. And we're communicating first that way. It's time to get inside your own head. Begin with the psychology behind your behaviors and fuse it with an acute understanding of self-awareness, emotion, storytelling, body language, and more. Then look at it all through the lens of the latest neuroscience research, broken down to its most digestible form. And you've arrived. Enhanced messaging, deeper connection, heightened influence, and a greater impact on the world. Welcome to the NeuroSide of Influence and Leadership with Renee Rodriguez. All right, welcome to today's podcast. And today we're going to talk about something very, very, very poignant, which is going to be hand gestures and the importance of hand gestures when we're speaking. And I had a lot of fun with this one because the research that I did on this actually blew my mind. I mean, I knew there was a lot on it. And the more I dove in, I, I, even for the book, we did a lot, but I decided to go even further in on it. And wow, there is so much, even now, more proving the importance of using our hands. And this is just, is critical. And what's interesting is that one of the first things we do in Amplify is, in our course Amplify, is, and if those of you who don't know what that is, it's a three-day course that we put on to help people uh, learn how to um speak in a way that gets people to listen and act upon, which is the art and science of influence. But when we first start, we start with where do we put our hands? And inevitably, when I bring somebody up on stage and I have them answer that question of who are you, what do you do, what makes you unique, almost everybody has their hands by their sides, awkwardly in their pockets, uh, fumbling around somewhere, and they don't know what to do with their hands. And that's where we begin. And so we always begin with this concept called the influence zone. And the influence zone, if you go to page, you know, what page is that on? It's on page 184. And I have a picture of it. Your influence zone basically goes from your belly button to your eyes. And if your hands are in that zone, you appear more influential. And influential, which means more ready. You're more in charge. You're ready to get involved. You are more authoritative, more entertaining, more engaging. There's something that happens when, when that happens. But when you're Standing with your hands by your sides, I mean, think about it. If you're playing a sport and your hands are by the sides, it, it tells the world that you're not ready to play. And the rules in business, I think, apply the same way. And if your hands aren't ready, ready to go, there's a universal symbol to sort of being ready. And that's sort of how we start. But then there's gestures and what we do with them. And so I want to share with you some research because this research is what began to sort of Excite me, blow my mind, everything. But there was a study done by Holler and Beatty found that gestures increase the value of spoken message by 60%. So think about it, the value of our spoken message. I think that's what we're all going after, uh, being more valuable. And so how do we do that? 
And so, the, but my, I think by far my favorite study is the one that was done on all the, the, the worst and best TED Talks and what they found. So now imagine these people painstakingly went and looked at all of the top TED Talks and then all of the bottom TED Talks and they counted gestures. And then they looked at the average views for each one of these. And what they found were the least popular TED Talkers, right, or the TED Talks, had an average of 272 hand gestures. And their average views, remember this is TED, not TEDx, had about 124,000 views. That's still a lot. But when you compare it to the most popular TED Talks, they had an average of 465 hand gestures, almost double, and averaged 7.36 million views. Think about that for a minute. Just by using your hands, that was one of the main factors. Now, is it now just start using your hands and you're going to be good? No, that's not what it is. It, it is kind of a chicken and the egg thing. But I will tell you, hand gestures, being more expressive is going to do a lot. Let's, let's go a little bit further. This is some new research done at the University of Alberta. And they were talking about gesturing while you talk actually helps you access language. And so this goes back to why we teach people, you know, where to and how to anchor messages in your fingers, right? So you've got one, two, three, four, let's say four or five messages. And I'll have people touch their thumb to remember their first message, right? So this is message one. This might be one value set about, you know, playing as a team. This next one might be the next message about, you know, my first basketball game. The third might be, you know, when I got cut. And you kind of, you, you embed those into your fingers. And there's something that kinesthetic body language that helps you access memory better. And so what they think is going on is the fact that moving our hands actually helps recall. So you can actually recall more of the story when you move your hands. And it actually helps you access memory and language so you can better tell a story. So there's something about, you know, have you ever had something where you're like, oh, it's like one of those things you start moving your hands before you remember? It's almost like your hands serve as a memory jogger to what your brain wants to say. And then there was another study. Then what they did was they looked at people talking with body, with hand gestures and without. And what they found were, participants were 20% more likely to hear and interpret the words being spoken accurately when accompanied by matching hand gestures. So this is when hand gestured, gestures matched, right? And then 40% as likely to hear the wrong word when the gestures didn't, didn't match. And so here they, they, they had hand gestures that didn't match. And 40% likely to hear the wrong word. That to me is fascinating. So we think that we just hear with our ears. But what this research is saying is that we actually hear also and we understand things with our eyes. Now think about the impact. And I have been saying this since day one, since we started wearing our masks. And what this is doing to kids and the facial expressions and the loss of, of micro expressions and the communications and the nuances and all of the things that are communicated by being able to read lips. And, you know, you go up to, to a teller or you go up to somebody working at a who knows, whatever kind of store, and they're behind a screen and have a mask on, and they're talking, I can't understand a word they're saying. And, you know, sometimes I even would go and I'd say, hey, can you, you know, can you, you're behind a screen, you're by yourself, you know, can you pull your mask down so I can see what you're saying? Because I, I don't understand. Now, here's what's also interesting. Because, you know, people always say, why do we focus so much on hand gestures? Because it says so much. I mean, it says so, 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 so much. So according to a body language expert, her name is Carol Goleman, uh, Dr. Carol Goleman. She said her research suggested that a certain hand gestures can alter perception of character. 
So certain certain character types use certain hand gestures, which I thought was really interesting, because then because we, we I know that there's a lot of people that I work with that come in and and I'll tell them I said you you're the way you come off is meek, right? These are men sometimes, grown men, big men, but meek and timid. And I'll ask them, is that what you want to come off as? And they said no. So there are certain hand gestures that you can do to offset that. Now there are certain people that come into our sessions that are overpowering, dominating, and intimidating. And guess what? They usually have those same hand gestures to follow, and so we have to give them other ones to soften them up a little bit. And so there's you know different perception of characters uh, can signal like extroversion or somebody who's dominant. And it's but overall though, this is what's interesting. Overall, speaking with gestures in general tends to lead to being evaluated as warm, agreeable, and energetic. So think about that. Just by using your hands, you're considered more warm, agreeable, and energetic. I think those are pretty positive traits. Now, conversely, those who remain still sort of feel mechanical or like they're wooden. They're seen as logical, cold, and analytical. And so now, depends on this is remember that golf club analogy if you haven't listened to that i use that in almost all my podcasts and throughout the book and i'll amplify but all of these are clubs in your bag not one is better than the other it all depends on where you are in the course of life it's like in golf the club only matters depending on what shot you need to make this is the same way with these skill sets and so so for example extroversion is associated with sort of more hand movements. Somebody, the more hand movements you use, you're seen as extroverted. So if you're not wanting to be perceived as timid or introverted, maybe if, let's say you're trying to find a date, you're trying to be more out there in the world, then, you know, start taking up space, you know, start moving your hands. And there's even more research about staying in the box, not going too far, because it'd be perceived as annoying and overpowering, overwhelming, if you will. And so then we look at vertical movements, right? Going up and down, you know, something goes up and down can be seen as somebody whose perception of authority, like hands sweeping from the, from your waist to shoulder height. So these expansive sort of measures typically also will be rated lower in agreeableness, but higher in domination. So that's so when you're highly agreeable, highly agreeable. These are person they sort of the top five, top big big names in in personality types. You should study all this stuff, by the way. Agreeableness is really good in relationships. It's really, really good in personal relationships, in happier life. Just not all that good in the negotiation table. It's not good in business when you're trying to, to you know, increase your income, close a deal, all that stuff. So it's lower in agreeableness but higher in domination. So low agreeability and high in domination, is those are pretty good personality types when it comes to negotiating a deal. Those aren't good when you're trying to build culture uh, when you're trying to build connection with people, that's not the club that you want to use. So again, these are what club in the bag do you want to be using throughout all this? Thinking about how how to do this is another thing, right? So how how do we go about using our hand gestures? So the first thing that I want you to do is if you, if you if you really really want to take this serious, you got to record yourself, and I want you to think about ten recordings, okay? And I want you to record yourself and then watch that recording with no audio. Just watch what you look like and see, would you be engaged still? Could you tell the emotions that you're feeling? Look beyond hand gestures, facial expressions, everything. But look at, without hearing anything, what do you see? Because we know that everything that we see 
Light travels faster than sound, so we're communicating a lot more that way than we do with uh, our words. And we're communicating first that way. And so watch it with, without any sound. And that's going to tell you if you're moving enough, if you're taking up space, are you using hand gestures, all those different things. And so, but do 10. And then once you do that, start writing down the ones you like, the ones you didn't like. So typical analysis stuff, right? And, but I want to give you sort of an analogy to think about it. And what's interesting is that a lot of these analogies people don't realize come from from really uh, nerdy research studies. So this is one of them. So this is understanding what we call information packaging hypothesis, right? And so information packaging hypothesis. So what is that, right? And so information packaging hypothesis comes to really be explained as producing gestures that help speakers organize and package visio spatial information, visio spatial information into units, <laughs> you love it, that are co compatible with linear sequential format of speech. So what does all that mean? It helps people, so information packaging, the hypothesis around that talks about gestures that help organize and package visual spatial information, visual, visual, right? Spatial in the air information that are compatible with linear spatial sequential format of speech. Here's what all that means. You're a PowerPoint slide. That's all it means. And anything you do is either contributing to your message or distracting from it. And so the more that you use your hands in things that make sense and are congruent with the messaging that you in messages that you're talking about, but the putting the accent points and you know something larger or smaller, further away, or how we all come together, all of that stuff. There's an article that I'll that I'll try to put in the show notes here about 60 hand gestures that you should know. And it goes through a lot of this stuff. But really what it's saying is that if you have some of the nervous tics or if you're twitching your knee or if you're whatever those things are, remember, watch those videos silently with no audio. Start paying attention to if you were a PowerPoint slide, are there any distractions? Are there any quirks? Are you massaging your hands? We call that self-soothing. People get up there and literally will be like, hey, it's great to see everybody. And, you know, they're just massaging their hands and all of a sudden you realize that that's a self-soothing behavior that it's, you know, hey, I, the way I look at it, I kind of sort of exaggerate and say, hey, you know, I'm going to sit here and massage myself in front of you. Once I do that, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do that anymore. So, but you, the only way you do that is be, being filmed. And if you're not a, a speaker, if you're not somebody that's always in front of the cameras, or you're not doing that stuff, you just have no idea. So you're just going to have to film yourself. And don't worry, it's only for you. But if you are somebody that's doing content, go watch your content. Maybe you've got this down. Maybe you've nailed it. Maybe there's some other gestures that you really like. And so there's, when it comes to thinking about the gestures, you got to also think about, you know, what are you trying to actually communicate, right? Because the gestures are the ones that, that are going to either, you know, contribute to your message or pull away from your message. And so just like any, you know, golf club that you use, is it getting you closer to the pin or is it getting you further away? Those are the different elements that I think are critical in understanding hand gestures. One, you know, if you, if you don't come from a culture or a background that uses them, you're gonna start. You don't want to start using them because it, it's just going to be a lot more entertaining. I mean, a lot more entertaining and more easier to, to to listen to. But there's also this concept called the box, right? The influence zone. Some people call it the box. I call it the influence zone. When you're outside of the influence zone, right? Meaning, if your hands are down below, below it, there's nothing to pay attention to. We're not even we're not even watching you, right? Because you're gonna put us to sleep. But if you're above it 
far beyond it and wide, it can be seen as distracting and feel out of control, right? So if you can imagine sort of this box from your eyes to your belly button that extends just a little bit past your shoulders. And if you're too wide too often, it's too much, right? It's way too much. And so there's, you know, if you're... If you think about sort of the spectrum of no movement would be low, you're stiff, your hands are open, right? Facing up is always a good place to be. If your hands are facing up, that means you're open, you're accepting. And, you know, that would be sort of expressive, which is really your ideal. But too much, it's almost like, you know, the jazz hands, right? Just it's, it's showy and it doesn't feel genuine. And I don't think most people, you know, speak that way. It feels like you're trying to put on a show for somebody else. And... We're kind of, I think we're in a place right now that we know when somebody's being honest or dishonest. And so those are the things that we really tend to need to watch out for. And don't, don't even get me started on gestures when it comes to international, right? Because there are certain gestures in one country that mean one thing and other gestures in another country that mean vulgar, horrific things. And that's where we get into the concept of Kairos too, right? What's timely? Where are you at? The, the, the era that you're in and what culture are you in? Man, it gets tough. The more you realize <laughs> how much we're communicating outside of words, it, it, you almost become paranoid, but I want you to become fascinated by it. I want you to become excited by what's going on, right? And so all of those different elements are critical. This piece around, so, okay, so if you don't, let's just say if you don't uh, use hand gestures. Well, you got to ask yourself, how do you start? Well, one, go to home base. Home base is your hands, I guess, how would I describe that? One hand inside of the other, right? So if, if you're watching the video, watch the video, it's like this. But right there, your elbows are about 90 degrees, and you want to be in that influence zone and come back to that home base, right? And you can kind of see the picture here on page 84. I don't know if you can see that at all. But you can see that if your hands are there, it's a home base. It's a place to come back to. And some people, you know, touch the tips of their fingers together. If those tips of the fingers are pointed up in the air, we call it a steeple, right? So a steeple is a powerful position to be in. It's one that says you really, you, you have your shit together. It's, you, you've got everything put together. If you look at Kevin O'Leary, the shark of Shark Tank, that's his favorite position to be in. He'll be sitting there with his, you know, the steeple position. This is the lowered steeple position where it's kind of facing downward. Now that's a very powerful position. It ones that show, it's one that shows confidence, and what a lot of women will use this too in in uh, women leaders that say, you know what, I know I'm in charge, but maybe I don't want to dominate what's going on. And men who are in charge that can lower their steeple that way and b bring it down to you know like pointed you know in a neutral position, now all of a sudden can say, you know what, show that they're confident, but yet being open to other people and not being overbearing. But think about your fingers are like a gun. You never want to point them at anyone. You know, if, if you remember Bill Clinton when he would talk and he would have sort of his fist that was going, his, his thumb was sort of the main thing that you would see. But what people don't know is that he used to have his finger pointed. He used to point it when he talked. And nobody wants their fingers pointed at them. I mean, think about it. When somebody's pointing their finger, don't put your finger at me. There's something offensive about that. And so his speech coach made him grab that finger, put his thumb on it, and all of a sudden, it became a very powerful gesture of, of hand movement. And so thinking about 
where you're at and how do you most naturally let your hands move. I, I, I'm going to give you some odd advice. For those that are not comfortable in their bodies and not mo- comfortable moving around, take an acting class. Tell the acting coach, I need to be more expressive with how I talk and how I move. And they're going to have you do some weird shit. Okay. And they're going to have you moving and moving your body in ways you don't want to and all that. But trust them. Okay. There's a method to the madness. When you start moving outside your body, you start kind of taking up space. You start realizing that there's more power there. And if you're going to be on a stage, if you're communicating things, you know, the first thing I always tell people to look at is how close people's feet are to, to each other. If their feet are very close to each other, they don't feel comfortable. They're trying to take up as little space as possible. And that's a sign that someone's not feeling comfortable or safe. Not the best time to sell them a product or idea. That's the time where you have to start making them feel safe. And if somebody's laid out, you know, they're comfortable, their arms are kind of out wide, maybe even behind their neck, which kind of signifies that they feel that they're very important, um, then you know that maybe it's a good time to have that conversation. But all of those things are critical. So how much space are you doing? And if you're not comfortable, talk to a professional. Take a class. Get outside there because being able to move is going to make a huge, 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 huge difference. And so record those 10 videos. Watch with no sound on and ask yourself, would you still stay engaged with this person? I know a lot of people that I wouldn't. <laughs> and I know the way I used to. And sometimes the way that I speak, if I am hyper-intellectual in, in a topic or if I'm you know, very introspective in a topic, I can get pretty boring in terms of my body language. Now, the good news is I'll, I usually inflect pretty well with my voice, which makes up for it. But I have to be careful. Even my, my first podcast, I got people who say, Renee, wake up. <laughs> and you know, I need to be more expressive even in here. So think about those 10 videos. Watch them with a critical eye. And then record another 10, maybe another five. Try being a little bit, like think about it. If you think this is big, try opening your hands this far. And you're going to realize that what, what you think is huge movement on camera is not even that much movement. It takes a lot to really take up space. And so especially if you haven't been somebody that's taking up space. I had somebody saying, you know, well, I'm Italian, you know, and, and what should I do? My hands are always talking with my hands. I'm like, be as Italian as you can be. <laughs> it's a good thing. You know, move and, and use your hands. And that's going to help communicate a lot better for people. What I want you to get out of this is the low-hanging fruit here. And so... This journey of influence that you're on, if you're listening to this one, I appreciate you listening. But get the low-hanging fruit. First, you got to get a baseline. Record yourself and then start with home base, okay? Start with home base with your hands inside the influence zone and then start, you know, basic gestures, but moving around so you can at least get your hands moving as much as possible. And watch what happens. If you can... Think about yourself as a PowerPoint slide. What hand gestures just make it easier for people to understand? You know, even when I was just scrunching my shoulders there, that's part of my PowerPoint animation, if you will. So do that. Keep it simple. But try it. Take this week. Put it, out, put it to work. Talk with your hands. Go when you go to, if you're, if, you're out, if you're single and out at happy hour, try taking up more space. Use more hand gestures and watch what happens and how people perceive you even if you're uncomfortable. Now, some of you may go too far with this. Cool. Be fascinated. Well, that's too far. I looked weird. I was uncomfortable. 
there you go. That's part of the journey. You're never, ever going to get it right the first time. And that's okay. That's part of life. So get over it. Start making some mistakes and enjoy. But most importantly, start using these beautiful things that we have hands when you start talking. So that's it for this week. Please, if you liked it, please uh, like, share, subscribe, all that wonderful stuff. And the book, man, if you're listening to this, this is the first one that we're doing that came out, debuted at number two, Wall Street. Wow. So those of you that have purchased it, thank you so much. We also made USA Today and Publishers Weekly. Um, and of course, Amazon's been gracious to give us a number one spot for several weeks now. But blown away and more inspired to keep this process going. If you have suggestions or if you have requests, send me a message. What do you want to, what do you want to learn about? There's so many things, and I'm probably going to start having some guests on here pretty soon. But until then, you have an amazing day, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for sharing this time with us. If the experience resonated with you, follow us on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or AmplifyMyLife.com. Share it with anyone else who's ready to amplify their lives. And remember to let our hearts speak in sequence. For more from Renee Rodriguez, visit MeetRenee.com.